Salutations! And welcome to the 82nd episode of the In The House podcast. Your birth year. The official podcast of Scouts' House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Delighted. (laughs) I've had two weeks off now since, not off work, but I've had two weeks to recuperate from uh, from the championship final. Yeah. And I'm feeling a lot better about the world now. Have you I was, watched it? I was in it. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. I doubt I, I ever go back and watch the whole thing. I did watch the highlights. I almost. I sat through the highlights. I almost started to watch the highlights and I was like, not quite ready yet. Yeah. It not was, quite ready yet. It was painful, but I didn't cry this time and that was a step in the proper direction. Uh, I doubt I ever go back and watch the full game, but uh, maybe, maybe one day in my in the deep, distant recesses of the future. I can't imagine a scenario where you would need to. No, I can't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like we don't need to. Oh, why are we watching this? Yeah, for pain? Like, I don't. Yeah. So, um, I'm. Uh, we we took a week off of the pod as yeah. we promised we would do. And uh, so I got to see if I can remember even who my partner is as I welcome him back. Uh, tonight, he is coming to you live from the sunny beaches of mm-hmm. Cozumel, Mexico. Yeah. Andy Frederick. Yeah. Hey, Andy. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. We took a little uh, two weeks off. Yeah. It both seems like a long time and not a long time. Sure. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we decided to come to Mexico. Yeah. Because it's nice here. It is. Uh, I've been there. To, it's lovely. Well, I wanted to start Leo down the road of uh, a deep appreciation for tequila. And a life of leisure. And a life of leisure. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him to get his base tan. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, come on. Got to get started young on that. Yeah, of I'm course. told. Lots of sun exposure. Yeah, it's good for him, right? Uh, I want to prepare everybody for the idea that my wife will be getting home. We're recording tonight on uh, Wednesday night yeah. from... Uh, from my home, yeah, and uh, my wife has not yet arrived home. When she does, my dogs, who are currently sitting very peacefully and happily, oh, they're gonna go ape shit. They will be very excited to see her, and so I uh, just sort of wanted to prep you all for when that happens. Are you not gonna be excited to see her? I will also, but I don't. Do, I don't quite. Uh, uh, vocalize it the way they do. Maybe you should. Maybe I should. <laughs> just start screaming. Baby, you're home. Just start screaming. I'm so thrilled you're home. I wasn't sure you'd ever come back, and now oh you're back. God. Yay! Um, she'd get a kick out of it. She. I don't think she would. Really, I think she'd really be like, oh, okay, thanks, baby. Um, so just preparing you for that. I expect it to be quite soon. Just okay. as a uh, as a heads up. And if I give her instructions on Chinese food and where to find it and what's hers, I apologize in advance. There is Chinese food waiting on her. I love Chinese food. As do I. Uh, we've, we've got a reasonable amount of stuff to talk mm-hmm. about tonight. Uh, it's not like jam jam packed uh, with news and information, but, but there's been some stuff. stuff. We announced the re-signings of all of the of uh, all of our players coming yes. back. Felt pretty good. Yeah, felt pretty good. Yeah. We uh, we see a huge contingent of the uh, of the back to back to back Eastern Conference champion Louisville City Football Club I mean, returning. Basically, our playoff team. Basically, the playoff team. Yes. Yeah. At this point, um, we have not re-signed, and I'm not even saying that we won't re-sign. I'm just saying at this point, Currently. it's easier to count the guys we haven't re-signed. Yeah. Uh, we have not yet at this point re-signed Jeff D. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Ballard, 
uh, Ben Lunt. Yeah. Uh, Sonny Johnny. Yeah. Uh, Paco Craig. Yeah. And uh, Sean Francis. Right. Um, that is at this point. Everybody else <laughs> is re-signed and ready to come back. Yeah. So that's all good news. Now, <coughs> a word of caution about that, and this is with zero inside information. Mm-hmm. A word of caution about that is that uh, we have signed players before that then got taken up to MLS. Yes. Or got signed by another team. That's happened. It doesn't mean that they can't still be transferred in some fashion. So just because a guy is signed doesn't mean that his like MLS dreams of this year are over and crushed. And so it doesn't necessarily mean, as we learned specifically with Mark Anthony Kay and yeah. Greg Ranjitsing, uh, you can just feel the pain of them being signed later. Right. So be prepared for that. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any reason to think that any of our guys are leaving, but I am aware that it can occur. So uh, noted. Okay. Um, it means that we're bringing back a huge core, uh, as we always do. And I got to say, I feel really good about it. What do you think it is? Yeah. Specifically that uh-huh. makes these guys come back. Like we talk all the time about team culture and how important it is. And mm-hmm. the guys talk about it every time, anytime they're interviewed by anybody, you know what I mean? Team culture comes up in some way. It's something that coach preaches nonstop. Sure. What do you think it is? I mean, I think it's a combination of things. I think, first and foremost, we're a team that has proven that we will be relevant every year. Mm-hmm. So while I'm not saying that they come back thinking, ah, oh, we're going to win it again, or that, oh, well, we'll surely we'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals, because we always... That, I, I don't think that's it, but I think that they know that we win and that we'll be competitive. Right. And so all these guys are competitors, and they want to win, and so there's a selling point right there. You get used to a certain level of uh, performance, yeah. and you know that they can count on that we will provide that for them. Whereas you might take a little bit better money to go to some lesser club yeah. that maybe performs less consistently, and you think, well, when I get there, I'll turn them around and turn them into you know, right. whatever. And that's a great attitude to have, honestly. You need that kind of competitor. But it's also... Maybe a little bit why we get some veteran players to stick around in particular is they know that's maybe not as realistic. Right. Not that they aren't good, but that they they realize that it takes an entire team culture. Yeah. And we always have that. Yeah. And so that's a good feeling. Uh, also, while I am not at all privy to finances, mm-hmm. my understanding is that we are at least competitive and uh, responsible and reasonable with our wages. All right. And so uh, while I don't think that we're... I don't think anybody anywhere thinks we're blowing doors off of uh, the finances. Uh, I think that we pay at least a fair going rate. Uh, we aren't trying to nickel and dime our players in right. general is the impression that I get. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't seen anything in our front office that leads me to think that that's not true. Plus so. there's Conjuevos. And Conjuevos goes a long way. <laughs> Having that primo oh, brunch man. spot where they want you there. Oof. It's a big deal. Uh and, and then on top of all of that, I think that you get used to the city of Louisville. I think the city of Louisville mm-hmm. is its own selling point. These guys like living here. Several of these guys have bought homes here. Yeah. Several guys who have left have bought homes here, even though they, they moved somewhere else. This is where they live in the off season. And mm-hmm. so you know that this is a place they like to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that also they know they like each other. Yeah. Which uh, it's a team that really gets along with each other. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get along, chances are you don't last long. Right. And, uh, 
wow, this is going to seem stupid after I just said that, and I'm not trying to imply anything about this, but I forgot to list that Taylor Pay has also not yet been re-signed. I'm not saying that that's because I just, I happened to remember at that moment, I happened to remember that Taylor Pay has also not yet re-signed. Oh. And again, that is not to say that he will no. not be re-signed. No, not at all. Merely that he is currently not under contract with our team. Uh so all told, I think it's just a it's a nice package that you throw at them. Yeah. And then for this year, they know that if you're on the roster coming into this season, you're going to open up a brand new stadium. Yeah. And I have specifically been told by guys that that's a big deal. So, I mean, we have talked to players who've said they can't wait and that they really hope they were part of this team so that they could, you know, see that first game, that first season in the new uh, in the new digs. So, it's a nice package. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you're going to win, you're going to get along. You're going to be in a city with a reasonable cost of living and a nice, uh, nice scene, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to at least get paid a, a fair rate. So all of those things, I think, is what brings guys back to to Lou City, and uh, most of them are back. Yeah, so <laughs> I think that uh, as we were at 15 guys resigned, it may have been 16. But it 16. was either 15 or 16 guys resigned with the club. Uh, you expect the club? We had 23 on uh, the roster this past year. Or 24, and uh, you would expect us to end up somewhere between 19 and 22. Yeah, 19 is a pretty small roster. 24 is a pretty big roster. You imagine we're probably somewhere in 19 to 22. Uh, So you got to figure there are still several signings left to come, and we know one of them because we've already announced it. Uh, We sign Corbin Bone, (laughs) which. Let's all let's all spend as much time as possible this offseason before Corbin Bone arrives in Louisville convincing ourselves not to giggle when we say his name. It's not that I don't think people are giggling. I don't, I'm he, not I'm, giggling. I am absolutely giggling about his name. It's a it's a double entendre. His yeah. name is a double entendre. Yeah. That's that's that is what it is. That poor guy's probably gotten it his whole. Life he certainly too. has, and that's the thing. Uh, my name is Evan Floyd, mm-hmm. and I have heard some variation of the joke about Pink Floyd my mm-hmm. entire life. Yeah, and it's not a funny joke. It's not that clever. No. It's not that interesting. Uh, it's not very relevant anymore. As Pink Floyd's not been a thing for decades now. Kind of a lazy. It's it's exactly. Yeah, and uh, I, people generally find that. Calling a man pink might be in some way insulting. To me, it's not at all. But I get it all the time. And that's a lame one. Yeah. Bone is a name <laughs> that lends itself to all of this. And so I am sure he has built up his own uh, personal uh, defense mechanism to his not way that give he, a shit. Yeah, he's got his way that he deals He has with. to Absolutely. not care at this point. On the, the flip side of that is that it lends itself to things like the bone zone. Sure. Right? Which, full disclosure, he's played for FC Cincinnati for the last several years. Yeah. We don't like FC Cincinnati. No. We don't. We didn't like Corbin Bone during that entire time period. No. He was very good for them. He scored the game winner against us in that rainy game. Yeah. In the deluge game. He scored the, the, the skipper over the wet water yeah. pond that went in that gave them the victory that year. It takes a little mental recalibration mm-hmm. to go from F those guys and everything about them to, I mean, he's a pretty damn good player. Yeah. He's a really good player. He offers a lot of versatility for us for this upcoming season. Yeah. Uh, 
And part of that versatility would be... Uh, the reason I brought up FC Cincinnati in the first place, I'm sorry, is because they had... The bone zone? The bone zone. Well, can we, can we start saying that people got boned? I mean, you would think. The, the ways you can use Corbin Bone to mock other teams... That's what I'm saying. Seem like, perfectly I feel healthy like that's where our, our energies need to go Yeah, as far as his name goes. Right? You would think. You would think. You just boned that guy. Yeah. You just got boned. Right. You got welcomed to the bone zone. Yeah. As opposed to us having in our a stands bone a bone right, zone. Right, right, right. Right. So, you know, I, I'm down with all that. But I think that the more we separate him from FC Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, at this point, do you even consider the fact or remember the fact that Pat McMahon and Luke Spencer both played for Lucid or both played for FC Cincinnati? No. No, they're Lucid City guys. Yeah. They're City guys. Yeah. Corbin Bone is an FC Cincinnati guy who now is on our team, and I hope that he quickly ingratiates himself and helps us on the path to wiping that off of him. Yeah. Uh, I hope that eventually you and I will have him on the show and be able to discuss with him, you know. Is he a nice guy? I don't know. I've never met the man. Huh. Never met him. I can't imagine him just being an outright jerk, right? I, I like, can't either, um, partially because <laughs> Coach Hackworth knew him. Yeah. So that's part of this is... You don't sign a guy unless, A, you really believe in his ability. If you've already seen him play, you don't sign him if, unless you, A, really believe in his abilities, and, B, you're okay with the dude being around you. Right. Like, when a, pl- when a coach signs a player, you're saying, I don't mind spending 70 to 100 hours yeah. a week with you for the next nine months. Right, right. And you better darn well be okay with the dude, is all I'm saying. So, uh it's different if you're signing somebody that you've only kind of met or interviewed or spent a little time around. It's, that's a different animal. You take your chances just on their abilities and what you've heard about them. Right. Hack knows Corbin Bone from yeah. both uh, some U.S. national team stuff and from some Philadelphia Union stuff. And so he's aware of what he's got here, both in a player and in a dude. And so I'm banking on him being a good guy because Hack is a good guy. Yeah. So I like that guy a lot. I do too. Um, but talking about Corbin Bone as a player... He is, generally speaking, he is good to play at all midfield positions. Mm -hmm. So you can feel pretty... I wouldn't want him at right or left back. So if you were playing a three-man back line, I wouldn't want him as the right or left fullback wing. Right. But you're cool with him playing central midfield in any of the spots. So if you're playing a double pivot, he could play either part of that. Okay. If you're playing a 6, 8, 10 right up the line, you'd feel comfortable with him playing any of those three positions. And one thing that he offers us that we didn't have a lot of last year outside of Nile is the ability to play both wings also. Okay. So he can play out wide as a as an attacking player. Mm-hmm. His probably natural position is as a deep-lying 10. He's a playmaker. Okay. Uh, he wants to attack. He's probably more of a 10 than he is an 8 or a 6, but he can fill any of those roles as, at need. Uh, he's a really good player. He's versatile. You're getting essentially a slightly more athletic, mm-hmm. but slightly less skilled, in my opinion, mm-hmm. Niall McCabe. Okay. That's what you're getting. He's a bit more athletic than Niall is. But he's maybe not as technical on the ball as Niall is. Okay. That's my opinion. Um, but is in the same way, can play all the way up the middle, 
or either wing position. Or if you're just completely out of strikers, you can put them up top and be happy with it. Right. Niall McCain. That's my best comp. Okay. He's depth at the 6, the 8, the 10, and both wings. And he'll be fighting for a starting spot because he's really good. Mm-hmm. He'll be fighting for a starting spot with any of our healthy midfielders. Yeah. The, the thing that that puts a lot of pressure on to me is the continued development of Napo Mitsoso. Yeah. Because let's assume for a second <clears throat> that Speedy is Speedy. Yeah. Magnus is Magnus. Right. And Paolo comes back fully ready to be Paolo. And you've brought in a fully healthy Corbin Bone. Mm-hmm. You've got Niall, and now you've got Napa. Mm-hmm. That is six guys for like three and a half positions. Yes. And so it's it's going to be cutthroat to yeah. get those midfield positions. That is assuming that Hack plays roughly the same formation he played the last year and a half. He could not do that. He's going to have some different pieces to play with, and you might choose to do something different formationally. Mm-hmm. But if he plays essentially what he's been playing, which is with a 6, an 8, a 10, and then 3 up top, it's like six really good players yeah. for like three and a half spots if you count the wing. But you would expect that the wings, when healthy and all things being equal, would be held down by Brian Owen being Antoine Hopeno. Yeah. And George Davis spelling them first. Right. That's what you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna make it it's gonna make it imperative that Napo Mitsoso has a great offseason mm-hmm. and that he continues to develop. Because somebody's not playing every game. Yeah. Even if you say, well, one of them's surely gonna be the first guy off the bench. Okay. Okay. That's still, still leaves two yeah. of them that, you know, maybe aren't gonna play. <clears throat> I mean, it's so good. It'll be a fight to get to into have. the 18 for some of those guys yeah. sometimes. Because you're going to have to have depth at uh, at fullback. You're going to have to have depth at center back. You're going to have to have a backup keeper. And you're going to have to have at least one more attacker. And that means, you know, you've got room for like one, maybe two of those guys. Yeah. That's brutal. I mean, that's going to be really, it's going to be, I love that it means that we're going to have somebody special. In the midfield. Yes. And that Hack can spend all offseason trying to find the perfect partnerships. Yeah. The perfect uh, uh, combinations of guys. Yeah. Who plays well together, who plays well together coming off the bench. Who's better when they're fresh, who can last longer into a game. He's going to be able to explore all that. And it gives us a lot of cover if there's injuries. A lot of cover if there's injuries. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, we lost Paolo for most of this last year. So we don't fully know what Paolo will be coming into this next season. Hopefully... No issues. But this is nice coverage for that. I yeah. like the Corbin Bone signing. Yeah. I think it makes us deeper. And I think that it makes us deeper without sacrificing anything. Yeah. There were a lot of questions all off all last year about Jeff D. And uh, why do you bring in a central midfielder like Jeff D and then never play him, even when we were a little thin? Yeah. And uh, I don't, I'm not in practice. I don't see what those guys are doing. But to me, that, that meant that there was a precipitous drop when he came on the field in terms of quality. Because otherwise, he would have gotten playing yeah. time. There were times last year where he would have been a thing. Yeah. And he never was, He never really was. Mm-mm. And so that means to me that there was a precipitous drop in quality if you brought him on. Where'd he go? Uh, as of right now, he's a free agent. And so, uh, to me, that means Corbin Bone eliminates that issue. You know you've got a quality, real USL star 
that will either be starting or coming off the bench for us. And if he's coming off, if he's coming off the bench, that means fully healthy Napo, Paolo, Speedy, Magnus, Nile, or it means that you've got one of those awesome guys coming off the bench if Corbin's starting. Yeah. So come on, it's all good shit. <coughs> you start all of them. Yeah. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. Start all of them. Go with a one-man back line. Uh huh. Okay. And have two attackers, and that's it. Woof. Just like we'd be beefiest, really good in the middle of the field. The beefiest midfield you've ever seen. Like nothing strong, ever crosses the line. <laughs> I have a strong hunch that if we lined up that way against an opposing team and they looked back there and saw one center back, uh, they'd be launching a lot of long balls no, over the top of our six. It wouldn't even matter. It wouldn't okay. matter. They, okay. It wouldn't matter. All right. Uh, I think that that would prove. A flaw. <laughs> you don't know until you try it. I don't, and maybe they'll work on that. It in might practice. be the most effective. Well, uh, as a, as a little soccer history lesson, okay. Uh, perhaps amongst the most famous soccer teams of all time was the uh, the late '60s, early '70s uh, Dutch. Okay. Uh, they were they were famous for playing what was called total football, which was the idea, and they were really revolutionary in this, that everybody on the field should be able to do all the same stuff. You should all be interchangeable with one another. So your fullbacks better be good with the ball at their feet. Are you feet. making this up right now? I am really not. Okay. That your fullbacks really ought to be very good with their feet. And your uh, strikers, when they, when they come back to cover a corner kick or whatever, they ought to be really good defensive players. Mm-hmm. And then all of your players ought to be able to do basically everything. And it was called Total Football, and it won both the club team, Ajax, and the, and the Dutch national team a lot of games. They were really great for a really long time. Helped a little bit that they had one of the five greatest players of all time, Johan Cruyff, okay. playing for the team. Okay, But... He was the epitome of that. He was very good attacking. He was very good defending. He tracked back well. He could pass well. He did everything well. That's why he's so great. And he was the epitome of Dutch total football. So you're saying I'm revolutionizing the game. I'm saying that your idea, <laughs> while horribly flawed formationally, well, is interesting tactically in that uh, if you put on 11 guys who all have the skills of a midfielder, yeah, that there's not much wrong with that. There's not much wrong with that. You wouldn't want to play them all in the midfield. Well, no, but... There you go. But maybe. But maybe. Uh, And I apologize to all the soccer scholars out there for however badly I just butchered total football. But, I mean, I got the gist across. I don't think any soccer scholars listen to this. Yeah, you would think that. But I know a number of people who listen to this pod who consider themselves Oh, there it is. There uh, it is. Okay. I apologize to y'all. That being said, we get to break a little bit of news here on the pod tonight, Andy. I like... So, we're recording Wednesday night. Yes. Tomorrow is Thursday. Yes. I have been promised by the PR department at our uh, soccer team that by 10 a.m. tomorrow, we will have announced a new player. <laughs> what if he's lied to you? Well, then, then I will have to... If, if, by, if at 10 a.m. I have not yet seen this announcement, mm-hmm. I will call Kenny in a panic and yeah. tell him to not release the pod. Yeah. The, so the pod tomorrow should be released after 10. Mm. That's not that unusual. We frequently release after 10. Yes. But I will mention to Kenny, 
It hey, needs to be released after 10 a.m. Put the brakes on this one. I know you're very strong, young and virile, masculine, very, handsome. Very. But put the brakes on until at least 10 a.m. to give uh, to give Howie a chance to break this news. But we're going to talk about it right now on our Yeah, pod. absolutely. So even though you guys don't yet know this, we do. We know this. Yeah. But now when you're listening to it, you will know, you it. Will know it. So it's it a very less meta explanation. It is. Uh, we are making a signing uh, as we speak of a center back. Okay. Who is really good. Okay. Uh, there were a number of truly excellent defensive teams in the USL last year. Uh, and specifically, I'm thinking of Pittsburgh, Indy, and Nashville. Yeah. They all three did incredible jobs of playing great defense. Uh, all of annoying. them have really nice center back pairings. Yes. One of those center back pairings was Nashville. Mm-hmm. Nashville ran out there with a really dangerous squad uh, and two center backs by the names of Forrest Lasso, who mm-hmm. we're very familiar with. Mm-hmm. And the second, maybe less commonly known in the USL circles name of Jimmy Ockford. Yeah. We have signed Jimmy Ockford to be another center back for this club. Jimmy Offord's really good. That's a lot of competition he's, for a center back. He's 6'2", 6'3", something like that. <clears throat> he's super solid. He's like 210, something like that. He's yeah. just a solid, robust dude. He's athletic as hell. Uh, you might remember him from super annoying headball uh, against us in extra time to defeat us on the road in Nashville last year, which ruined the end of our season's perfect, uh, perfect run of unbeatenness. Yeah. Uh, and that's the kind of thing he brings. He's big. He's athletic. He's a nice target as a uh, on set yeah. pieces, but he's also just a really talented player. He's good with the ball at his feet. Mm-hmm. He's got MLS experience. He played with Nashville, and I think probably thought he might be getting called up with Nashville mm-hmm. to the MLS, but did not. Who did he play for in the MLS? I wish you really hadn't bugged me with that. You knew I was going to ask. I, I have to do something. I didn't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Call I him. don't know. I don't have his phone number. I have not yet spoken to him at all. Call him. Uh, it's exciting stuff. <clears throat> so now on the squad, currently signed, mm-hmm. we have Alexi Swahi. Woo! We have Sean Tosh. Woo! And now we have Jimmy Oxford. Woo! As center backs. That's a really nice three center back options. That's a wall. Uh, and that is before discussion of, you probably want to have four on your club. Yeah. Uh, we learned last year that in a pinch, Akil Watts can fill that role. Uh, we know that Pat McMahon can fill that role. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we've got guys. We've got. If this was what we rolled into the season with, it wouldn't be like, oh God, we can't. We can't have two injuries. We can't have an injury and a red card. We've got guys who can handle that role. Yeah. But for true center backs, we've now got three. Mm-hmm. I imagine we'll see one more on the roster. I hope that that would be Paco Craig. Uh, I've made no bones of the fact that he's one of my favorites. He's multi-time USL defensive team honors. He's won two championships and three Eastern Conference titles with yeah. us. He's really good. He's also a fucking sweetheart. And he's the best. He's such he a good really dude. He really is a nice dude. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> right. But uh, if, it's not Sean, if, if it's not Paco Craig, I hope we bring somebody new in, somebody else in. Um, I don't know what this will mean in terms of Sean Reynolds. Who uh, did not get picked up by St. Louis yeah. for the year, so he's now a free agent. There's been a lot of talk amongst our fan base just because he was so popular, because he's also such a good, nice dude. And 
a completely serviceable center back. Yeah. Uh, that maybe we should bring Sean Reynolds back. I don't know Hack's attitude about that at all. I've never spoken to Hack about Sean Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He may rate him really highly. He may not rate him at all. I don't know. Hmm. Um, that being said, if we weren't going to be re-signing Paco Craig, I'd have no problem if you told me Sean Reynolds is your fourth center back. I'd be like, hey, sweet. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Good dude to have on your squad. Fan favorite. And he's not really made a lot of bones about the fact that he'd kind of like to come back to Louisville. Uh, he's been... He's not subtle on uh, on Twitter, but I think a lot of that is to do with uh, how beloved he was here. Yeah, who wouldn't want to go back to a place where people no, love yeah. you? And we do, we love him. Uh, as a player, I've got no issue if he is our fourth center back. And by fourth, I don't mean he'd be fourth on the depth chart. I mean the fourth one we've signed. Right, right, right. Uh, but I also have no issue right now going into the season saying. Let's see what Sean Tosh and Jimmy Oxford can do. Or let's see what Alexi Swahi and Sean Tosh can do. Or mm-hmm. Alexi and Jimmy. All of them would be really good combos. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Oxford. Jimmy Oxford. Real good signing. Like, people are going to like this guy. Because he's, he's a little bit bigger mm-hmm. version of the Hulk. A Impossible. little bit bigger. He's, he's a bigger... He's physically bigger dude than Sean <laughs> Tosh. They have similar... Uh, Body types, mm-hmm. just he's a bigger version of it. And in, while I love Sean Tosh, in my experience, I think Jimmy Oxford is maybe a little better on the ball okay. than Sean Tosh is. I think Sean Tosh is a little more fearless mm-hmm. than Jimmy Oxford is. So while Oxford may have the body and the the physicality of a Hulk, he is not the Hulk who. The reason he's the Hulk is not his size. It's, no. his, it's his fearless mentality. Yeah. It's his, I'm going to take this ball off you. I don't care if you're a foot and a half taller than me. You're not going to shoulder yeah. me off this ball. He has all of that, which is really nice. Okay. <sighs> Jimmy Oxford. Jimmy Oxford. Go watch some film. You're going to be really watch excited. The, re, re-watch that Nashville game. Yeah. Like the highlights from that Nashville game. Rewatch that because it was kind of a miracle goal. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, but very well placed, very well done. But it does highlight, you know, the thing that what we just getting. talked about is that he's an excellent target. Like, yeah. That it's a miracle goal, but not really because he is such an excellent target. And yeah. He was where he needed to be. So that's our next signing. Okay. If that signing has not been finalized by Fired. 10 a.m., Fired. I just got to stop Kenny. <laughs> I got I to rein him in. Uh, so that puts us at 18 on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. You know you got to have a backup keeper still, mm-hmm. or a starting keeper, and relegate Diesel to the bench. We'll see. Uh, you know you need probably wing back depth because we've got three. Mm-hmm. Although we've learned that in a pinch, Nile can play back there. Yeah. And I have a hunch that really George Davis could in a in a pinch also mm-hmm. be put in that role. But those are, again, emergency valves for that. You want to have a true right or left back. I feel good about Oscar on one side always. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the development of Akil Watts and the continued steadiness of Pat McMahon will make for a good combo on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. Whichever one of them starts, whichever one of them is the alternate, you know, they're both going to get a lot of minutes if mm-hmm. we don't bring another right or left back in. Uh, 
All that being said, you would expect that we'll bring in another right or left back, but then you would have expected that last year, and we never yeah. did. So we'll see. How how much longer do you think do you see George Davis playing in the USL? Because we've talked about how cool it would be to see him in like a coaching position just mm-hmm. anywhere, right? Clearly, he can coach. Yeah. How long do you think he'll give himself in the USL? I think until he's not productive. I mean, I, I, we have not asked him this question, and if uh, I, I would assume he'll come on the pod again next year as he's a, free, a favorite of ours. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we should ask him, the, ask him then as frankly as we can. But yeah. the bottom line to me is, who's, who is anybody to tell somebody right. that they can't play? Right. Uh, when George Davis was on the field this year, he was productive. Yeah. He didn't play the same level of minutes. He didn't have the same role on the team this year as he's had in years past. I mean, I, w- I was dur- during the run up to the final this year. I was watching playoff games from years past, and George Davis was vital. Yeah. In all of those runs, all of those playoff games, and this year he was very much a, a reserve player by the end of the year. But he was also a really effective reserve player yeah. when he came on. He changed a number of games. Yeah. Specifically, Charleston comes to mind where he scores the gorgeous top corner mm-hmm. goal to give us the win. And that Charleston game really catapulted us into the run that we made towards the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, and George is a huge part of that. Uh, I think that when he gets minutes, he's still effective. And so I wouldn't. I, I have no problem with him being on the team. I mean, if you told me that we needed him to play 90 for 37 games next year... Mm. That'd be a problem. I don't think that that's really in his wheelhouse anymore. But I think that when you use his role properly, he's still dangerous over whatever time period you give him. Yeah. So give him to me. My guess would be that he'll play this year and one more, mm-hmm. or this year and then hang it up, and then two is sort of the the most I can picture him playing. Yeah. But. I mean, you know, he keeps his body in great shape. He doesn't get hurt very often. He's he's available. He's important. Uh, I think that if he can keep doing those things, there's no reason to think he can't play four or five more years if he yeah. chose to, uh, especially on a team that knew how to use him and knew his knew the proper roles for him. Mm-hmm. He's already the minutes played leader in USL yeah. history. He's in the top five in goals scored in USL history. He's the leader in every playoff category of note. In minutes played, games played, championships won, games won. He's everything. George Davis is a legend in this league and will be. Uh, And I think he can play until until he says he's done. But I agree with you. I'd love to see him stay with the organization in some way. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, I think I don't think it's at all unreasonable for him to say, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm good for another year." And clearly, Coach Hackworth agrees with it. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, Uh, he's also a reasonable guy and a smart guy, Mm -hmm. and I trust him to make good decisions about his future. Um, Perhaps he gets offered a two-year deal from some other club and says, "I'll come back to Lou City for one more year so that I can be the." assistant coach on the academy team next year yeah. or so that I can be Hack's assistant general manager or so that I can be Brad Estes's personal uh, you know executive assistant I don't know what he wants to do mm-hmm. if he wants a head coaching job he's earned it and he can go find a head coaching job somewhere probably not in the USL level at least not at the USL championship level but no. he's he's definitely earned a chance to go coach college soccer coach USL league 2 kind of teams absolutely uh, but I imagine that he's making very good choices for himself. That's my 
my hunch. George Davis. And frankly, you could probably say almost the exact same stuff about Pat McMahon. Yeah. And about Luke Spencer. Yeah. Guys who've all three had really nice USL careers and who were all three super important to what we accomplished last year. And there's no reason to think they can't be super important to what we'll accomplish next year. But also, they're of an age where when you're playing second division soccer, you got to start thinking about what else you want to do and uh, what comes next and how to position yourself properly for it. But if I was a pro athlete and I could continue to get paid money to be a pro athlete and I didn't hate the grind, I'd, I'd, do, it yeah. as long as, I'd do it as long as somebody wanted to sign me. Absolutely. And uh, clearly, Hack has, thinks that those three guys have you know, a great season ahead of them, yeah. and I agree with that. Okay. There you go. So, about our roster. Uh, that being said, I think the last piece of the puzzle is probably a combo wing forward. Okay. Anything else we signed, I think, would be luxury stuff. But right. I think a keeper, a, a full, I mean, a, a wing back, and a combo forward. Somebody who can play all three frontline positions. A striker a w- or either wing. Okay. Or just a pure striker right? Uh, that frees Ownby and Hopano up to be purely out on the wings with George and Niall backing them up with okay. Magnus occasionally and Corbin Bone occasionally. So a striker of some kind and a keeper and a fullback. And I would feel ready to roll. Yeah. If you could – I tweeted this. If you could promise me right now today – that the roster we currently have, mm-hmm. and this was before we had signed Bone and before mm-hmm. we had signed Oxford, if we have, uh, <laughs> before we'd signed any of those people, but if you could <clears throat> promise me right now that everybody stayed healthy for the whole year, mm-hmm. we already had a, a, a contender. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if everybody was just going to be healthy, we got a contender. You've got uh, Luke Spencer and Abdu Jam. Both ready to come back and pl- and score some goals for us from the nine spot. I would love this year to be the year of Abu Jam. I think we might be one more year of really nice development. I think that he might have the Luke Spencer from the Cam Lancaster kind of year. You think so? I think Abu Jam could be the the super fill in striker and the the great late add on mm-hmm. and get nice numbers this year. Last year, he uh, was so close so many times. I think that's why I won it for him so bad. Because he had so many... (sighs) He was just so close on really pretty plays. So many times, you're like, come on, somebody. Just put get in there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure he's quite ready to be an 18-goal scorer. I'm not sure. And we need to find one. Maggie scoring as many as he did for us this year was huge. Magram played great. But mostly he scored goals, yeah. which is something we desperately needed. At times when we were going through droughts, he was fine in the back of the net. Yeah. Uh, but that is maybe a lot to ask from a midfielder for another year. Yeah. You'd like to see a little more production out of the striker position. Because yeah. um, we create so many chances, and it just felt like we didn't finish particularly well as a team. Yeah, uh, you'd like to see some finishing quality, which is why I think that you can expect us to tack on another attacker at some point—a pure striker or a wing that can free up Ownby to play as that nine again, or whatever. 
somebody who is a starter at the front line. Right. I hope. I hope. I have no news about that. I can only announce Jimmy Oxford. Kind of after. Sort of. <laughs> um, all that being said, I love this roster. Mm-hmm. And I think that the continuity is just, it's special, man. It's mm-hmm. special to have this. Um, some news and notes. A little okay. bit of purple stuff. You okay. got anything uh, left I, in your... Uh, I don't have anything left. You want to you wanna yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to hold We're gonna while hold Andy for a goes second. and gets some more purple stuff. Why don't you bring that purple stuff out here? I will. I Thank will. you. Um, but while while you're holding for Andy to return with the purple stuff, I'll say that I'm really excited about some of the bits of news that are coming. If you just want to top me off there, then you can take the remainder. Thank you, sir. Um, the one that got me going this past week, besides the oh yeah, go vote for uh, Nile for goal of the year. Oh, yeah. Go vote for uh, Diesel for save of the year. Those are both things that are out there, so go vote for them. Um, but the thing that got me most excited was we're starting to see even more stadium stuff come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we just saw uh, the announcements about some of the tech inside the new stadium. Lynn Family Stadium is going to be featuring some Dactronics. Yep. Uh, some of the giant video board, the two side video boards, mm-hmm. and the field boards will all be uh, provided by Dactronics, and they are state of the art, top of the line, high tech. High quality stuff. I, I don't think anybody who listens to this doesn't know this. I personally physically carried oh. field boards all year last yeah, year. You sure did, Physical but... field boards in in Slugger Field, you did. which we had to pull out for every game and then put away. And each one of them weighs roughly fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and they are unwieldy and large. And I didn't enjoy it. At all. Your shoulders look great. Especially in the rain. My shoulders always look great. (laughs) Uh, They carry this beard around all day. So that's how they got that. that. Um, I'm really looking forward to the video boards. Besides the fact that I don't have to move them around, uh, we're going to be able to be a little more creative with what we do with them. So uh, you guys, if you watch European football at all, you know that the video boards in the background all have cool capacity to be yeah. neat advertisements. They can move, they can fill up, they can run, they, mm-hmm. they, they do awesome stuff. And we're going to be able to do all that because Dactronics is as good as the stuff you see on the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So, you know, be excited. We're going to be able to have some better looking advertising and it's just, it, it enhances the game day vibe. Yeah. <clears throat> and the giant video board. Yes. I think it's huge. It is really big. He's Matt's right above Scouse's house. It is right above Scouse's house. You guys will just... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. So, it'll be crystal clear. Yeah. Huge. Super high quality. And we're absolutely going to play video games on it. We're 100% doing that. Like, I've seen stuff online. I saw somebody on Twitter today posting about how they wanted to play FIFA on mm-hmm. it. And if you think you're the first one to have suggested that, take a number, buddy. We uh, desperately want to go sit in the Cooper's section, mm-hmm. s- straight out from it, and play video games. And our resident tech guru, Rusty Fazio. Oh, yeah. Our dear friend, Lana Fazio's yeah. older brother. Uh, Rusty Fazio has informed me that it does have 
the necessary input and output for us <laughs> to be able to play video games on that pad plate. So All right. if anybody tries to tell you that they, we, oh yeah, we can't do that. They're lying to you specifically. Yeah. Um, we, no, we are kicking around the idea about how do you arrange to have a, a cool tournament. On yeah, it. absolutely. The thing is, a good tournament would require hours of uh, play on it. Yeah. And so you're talking about opening up the stadium for a day, and I'm sure you can imagine opening up a stadium, have the security that's required, to power it the way it's required, to mm-hmm. unlock it, all of the stuff you got to do. It's not cheap. No. And so uh, we're working on ways that we can have cool stuff like that or like a movie night or a whatever yeah. up on the giant big we'll figure it out, but expect that we will eventually figure out how to do that. Right. So that's a thing that's coming. And if you think that I am personally not going to go hang out with just <laughs> random friends at this place and play video games yeah. on it while it's theoretically shut and locked, you are wrong. Brad Estes, I didn't say that. I would never do no. that. I would never, ever, but I'm gut. <clears throat> what would be your movie? If you got to pick a movie to play on the giant video board, what movie would you play? Batman. Which one? Keaton. Keaton, original Batman, yeah. 1989? 89, yeah. yeah. That's a solid choice. That's a solid choice. There's that's- nothing... Anybody who knows me, there's nothing about that answer that should surprise them at all. No, I'm unsurprised. <laughs> uh... Uh, di- is it digitally? Has it been digitally remastered? Um, I don't def? know. Surely that exists in high def by now. One would think. If it does, so you don't own it in high def is what you're telling me. Mm-mm. Wow. You like a, you like a little frame rate? Huh? I do. You like- I still have uh, my original VHS of it. Well, sure. And just because you have to, uh, <laughs> I have the DVD of it. Well, so yeah. and the Blu-ray. You've got all the versions. <laughs> <laughs> the Betamax. Working on it. Uh-huh. I'm working on it. All right. So now everybody knows what to get Andy for Christmas. If you're listening. The Betamax of uh, of Batman. Yeah. And something to play a Betamax, play, uh, Betamax on. Cool. What would yours be? What movie would I watch yeah. up there on the big screen? Um, I think... Not amongst my favorite movies. I just think it would be an awesome experience. Gladiator. Oh yeah, that I would think be cool. Gladiator would be a blast. Up that on would that be big cool. Screen. Yeah. So it's not like in my top ten, top fifteen favorite movies, but it is maybe my favorite movie that would be legendary on the giant right. screen. Right. Um, a Star Wars movie might be fun on the big screen. Yeah. Which one? Yeah, that's the that's, that's the, the kicker, issue. Right? Probably. I mean, probably Empire. Probably yeah. Empire. But yeah. Um, when Harry Met Sally. <laughs> I do love that movie. I, I make no bones about the fact that I, I think that that's a brilliantly written and delightful movie. Everybody loves that movie. It's, a, it's an amazing movie. It but is. But it's not a giant screen. Put it on yourself. it. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm with you. Okay. Um, let's see here. Other news and notes. Uh, Charlotte. Looks like they will be. 31 or 32 into the MLS. Charlotte looks like it will be going into the MLS. We're coming up now on the number where you start to think until a team collapses, it's unlikely that they re-expand. I mean, they said 28 forever, then they said 30 yeah. forever, and now it's kind of 32 forever. Uh, I, I don't know of a major sport where 34 exists. Uh, mm. You could... The optimist 
the optimists out there could try to project to 40 and then have pro-rel over 20 and 20, which is essentially what is happening in the top two flights of the English Premier League. I feel like and a lot of people want that. A lot of people do. You could maybe project that that's something that they would do because the one thing that you can't convince MLS owners of is the idea of promotion and relegation because they bought a MLS team. Why would they accept having a, uh, a lower league team? But if you just tell everybody the whole thing is MLS, all 40 yeah. of them, and you play the top flight and the, you know, super flight, and you don't there even you call go. them, you know. No, you don't have to call them A or B no, or one or, or two. Championship and premiership. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Supreme and kind of. Like, no, you can just, you, you, you sugarcoat it that, you know, it's all MLS, baby. You're not yeah. being re- relegated. You just are only playing these other 19 teams that weren't as good. Uh but that's what, you know, if you want MLS to take off more, mm-hmm. the people who are going to push that are people who watch the EPL. Sure. And who are used to ProRel. Sure. And I think you introduce ProRel in some way. Yeah. You're doing yourself a favor if you're the MLS. And I, I think so, too, except that it's a single entity. So the MLS owns all of the teams. And uh, there's no reason for them to promote some teams over others. I think uh, there are... We're nowhere close yeah. to knowledgeable enough to have a really confident pro-rel conversation. Um, but I think you can safely assume from this conversation that Andy and I are both pro-pro-rel. Hi-yo. Um, but I, am, I stand by what I have consistently <laughs> said, which is that I hope that the USL is what institutes it. I hope, mm-hmm. I hope MLS can go jump off a cliff as far as I'm concerned. Uh, although I should point out that my opinion doesn't count for much in this because I am an employee of Louisville City Football Club and my opinion only counts for myself yeah. and not for the team, our partners, sponsors, or affiliates, or even our league. So uh, that is not the opinion of Lou City necessarily. That was, a, that was a good little twist. That you, you, Thank you, you. You mixed it up a little bit. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. Um, that is not the opinion of Lou City. It's my opinion that I hope that USL continues to have success, enough success. It's a mixed bag. There are teams fall, falling under. Yeah. But there are also teams that are having unprecedented levels of success, and we're one of them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're finding the right mixture. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the continued improvement of League One mm-hmm. and the uh, continued, continued steadiness of the championship yeah, uh, how that could eventually lead to a system of pro rel, but I mean, there are a lot of hurdles facing that, let alone MLS. Yeah, but I mean, if USL—not to beat a dead horse—but if USL and all its levels went to pro rel again, yeah. what you have is soccer fans who have been soccer fans for a mm-hmm. long time, all of a sudden start paying more attention to USL, which means the MLS, yeah, you know, goes to the wayside even more. And it, but I mean the the thing is, I people have talked about USL trying to become a second top flight division. I don't really think that's realistic, just because the market size of the teams, soccer as a thing in this country won't like a competitor of MLS is not a good idea for USL. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't think being a lackey for MLS is a good idea either, but the thing is you can't have a top-flight pro sports league in this country that doesn't include New York, Chicago, L.A., right? You know, Boston, the cities it needs to contain 
And uh, USL will never have that. You're just too far behind MLS in those markets. It's, yeah. it's, it's brutal. It's an exceptionally complex issue that much smarter people than us are trying to figure out all the time. And uh, I wish them well, but I, I do. I would, the bottom line is, I'd like to see Louisville City Football Club competing against the best teams in the mm-hmm. in the world, in the country, in wherever. And uh, I think that one good way to get there is by keep being awesome, and they've been mm-hmm. awesome every year. Okay, uh, get away from that. Like that's that's, that's a, a whole minefield. That's a thing. I imagine. I haven't looked because I'm not a I'm not a masochist, but. I would imagine there are entire podcasts purely, not just episodes, but actual podcasts. It's just about that. Purely yeah, dedicated to ProRel. Uh, so go find one of those. Um, let's see here. So Charlotte looks like there will be the uh, the next one in as far as that goes. Looks like Rhode Island getting a championship level team, mm-hmm. which means that we'll be seeing them in 2022 okay. in the USL championship, which it begs some questions about this upcoming year. Okay. Three teams are in some way leaving the USL. Mm-hmm. Nashville going up to play in uh, MLS. Mm-hmm. Sacramento going up to play in MLS. And uh, Fresno and Ottawa, so four teams, are both discontinuing USL operations. So you got four teams that are no longer a part of all this. Which makes Wait, me a little no, sad no, no. about... I believe Sacramento, I'm wrong on that. Sacramento's the following year. I was going to say, I'm okay. pretty sure it's three. It makes me a little sad about Ottawa. It does, too. It makes me that way, too. I, I always liked that Ottawa was I always liked playing the them. I always liked... Yeah. Uh, I liked singing O Canada before mm-hmm. a game. It's a nice national anthem. It's catchy. It was fun. All right. All that being said, conference realignment. Mm. One important thing is that next week, the second half of next week... Down in Florida mm-hmm. will be the owners' meetings, the USL's mm-hmm. meetings, where they do all of the real work mm-hmm. of the league. Uh, and so uh, things that should come out of that include a schedule. So we're probably a week and a half, two weeks away from a schedule. Um, that will be nice. It will be. And besides the schedule, uh, all of the conference realignment stuff that will go with it. Because suddenly, instead of being... 20 teams in each league. I mean, I'm sorry, 18 teams in each league, and you knew you were going to play two teams from each league. Each team you were going to play a home and away, a balanced schedule. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that what that's going to look like for this upcoming year. We don't know if it'll be a 34-game schedule again. We don't know if it'll be a 30-game schedule, a 37-game schedule. We don't know. Um, we don't know if there will be 16 teams in the East and 18 teams in the West. We don't know how you go about all of this. We it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. uh, because the East loses Ottawa and Nashville, and the West is losing Fresno. Mm-hmm. Do you leave it unbalanced? Do you play some Western Conference games? Does do we end up playing a couple of games against Western Conference teams? I think it'd be fun. We did that in fifteen, <clears throat> and I think no, I think sixteen. They'd already given that up. Mm-hmm. We played an unbalanced schedule in 16 where you could play two or three. You could play three games against a single team. Yeah. But it was all teams in the conference. In 15, I remember we played some West Coast or yeah. some Western Conference teams, including the Tulsa Roughnecks, who just rebranded today. If you uh, have gotten a chance to look at their new logo, to it's what? out. 
Uh, they're FC Tulsa instead mm-hmm. of Tulsa Roughnecks. They're ditching the Roughnecks. Okay. And it's FC Tulsa. And generally positive response to their crest. Okay. Um, it's fine. It's it's nice. It's white and gold. Uh, with And their third color is not on the crest, but it's listed as patina green. That's weird. Uh, and I don't like the patina green with the white and the gold. I'm going to come out and say That's that. That's weird. But the crest itself is very clean. It's a gold shield with I mean, I'm sorry. It's a gold shield with a gold bird in it with a white background. And that's basically it. That's uh, pretty much what you're it's looking at cool. here. It's perfectly nice. And it only says Tulsa down the side. Nothing about soccer, nothing about FC, nothing about anything. I heard somebody, though, compare it to... Uh, I think it was USL memes out there, uh, I believe, compared it to, looks like the symbol for a nice church in the, in Tulsa. Like, uh, you could totally picture that being like uh, Tulsa Meth- yeah. Methodist. Uh, Absolutely. You know, Come join what? us for our Easter service. Exactly. Yeah. Which is not a problem. It's just. A, no, not at all. Yeah. It's just. You, 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 sure. You know. And I think they have an explainer somewhere. One of the old uh, explainer graphics where you can see why they have X number of lines and the crest and uh, why it's that shape and what that bird is. Uh, I'm sure that that exists out there, but I don't know it. So um, FC Tulsa with a pretty successful rebrand. It's mostly been positive stuff about it. So That's what I feel like. I know. Uh, <laughs> Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace? Crystal Palace is what it reminds me of. So, big bird, <laughs> bird on it? bird on it. Okay. All right. Um, I saw somebody who was talking about the fact that um, the Loons, uh, Minnesota United, mm-hmm. uh, has bird on theirs. Uh, Ford Madison with the Flamingo has one on theirs. I was there, always glad we didn't go with a, like a, a, a Cardinal yeah. on our Like, I was always glad sure. about that. It was like, you know you what? You got to separate yourself from the we- university. <laughs> We know where we are. Well, it's, and it's it's a little cartoony. Yeah. Like, uh, when you start trying to reproduce it in certain ways, it gets a little cartoony. Yeah. I like a clean, classic crest, personally, too. but that's that's just me. Uh, I'll take no questions on the Louisville City, the current Louisville City FC uh, emblems and crests and all that. I'll take no questions. I love it. Yeah, I love our crest. And as I imagine you would, it's tattooed on your well, arm. So I mean, I would have gotten no matter what, but still. Well, I mean, there have been a lot of talk about the, the the new women's crest. There's been a lot of talk about uh, uh, just in general what crests should be and shouldn't be. And uh, I'll generally say the worst crest in the world, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I don't pick a team based on the crest. No. And the best crests in the world, it's like, oh, cool, I'll get that on a hat. You know, like Fine. it's <laughs> the end. Uh, but uh, I, I do think Tulsa did a nice job on their rebranding. Yeah. So. Um, in terms of its positive response. Right. And that's all you really want is that your fan base isn't like, hated it. Right. So, um, anything else going on with you, man? No, man. All right. Just raising a kid. Yeah. I've heard that that's taxing. It is. It's worth it. Yeah. It's so unimaginably worth it. Yeah. It's, it's... Have you watched the Mike Birbiglia special called The New One on Netflix? No. It is about Mike Birbiglia having a first child and about how he says uh, you're required to say exactly what you just said. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. It's it's the greatest joy I've ever known. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I encourage you to watch it. It's very funny because Mike Birbiglia is very funny. I like him. He's funny. Um, 
I got nothing else either. I'm on vacation for the next week, yeah, which man. is nice. Gonna go see, gonna go see your folks. Gonna go see my folks. Yeah. Gonna go see a football game, uh, an American football game in Tampa, in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Uh, gonna see Chris Kiss. Yes, love that guy. One of our all-time favorite people who's uh, down in St. Pete. My wife has been watching a lot of, and by proxy, I have been watching a lot of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And I always think of Chris Kiss. Like, he, he is a uh, talented uh, drag artist. He is. So he's also a talented hairdresser, and my wife's looking forward to that. Yeah. Because he, gonna, he's going to do her hair. Nice. Uh, that's all I got. I think I'm. I think I'm covered. But that means that we're off all of next week because yeah. I'm out of town. And then we will try to find a time to do one the following week. But it is Christmas week. Holy shit! It is. Yeah. So we got a week Dude, off, and then the, the holidays week is, flew up here. It's just like tracking you down. Holy crap! Tracking you down. That being said, I'm really excited about the holidays, and uh, oh, we yeah. will try to do a a Christmassy pod. Do a Christmas. Pod. I'll tell you this. Uh, I know the Coopers are throwing one. It looks. I, I uh, there's a Christmas party for some supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine you'll hear something about a loose city Christmas party in what? the nearish future, um, but maybe not. I, I, don't, I don't know because um, we're getting close to those dates. God, do you know anything? Not do really. You work man. for them. Do you know anything? I don't do much. Okay. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll try to get a Christmassy uh, pod in there somewhere, but uh, I don't know the date. So if if on the off chance, this is our last pod before the new year. Andy, happy holidays happy and holidays. Uh, good luck in 2020. We'll need it. Uh, but hopefully, we've got one more uh, to sneak in. in the I middle think we of can that. sneak one in. I hope so. A little Christmas episode. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I can only think of one decent way to end any podcast, and that would by, be by saying a uh, clean, crisp, and even Go, Go City. city.